Tiny to do something. We're in the end game now. Welcome guys back to the Weekly Bugle Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Tyler. And I am your other co-host, Jesse. Oddly enough, I almost said Jesse. Um, <laughs> not today. Um, yeah, not today. Episode 6. It's called... Can you Could you pronounce the name? Nags, Nagazat? Nagazat? Oh, Nagazat? I don't know. That's what I read it as. So it's Russian. Did you look it up? No, no. What'd you get? It means punish. Oh, that's cool. So I just thought that was a cool thing. I don't know why it's in Russian. Maybe because, like that Russian guy is really big into it. Yeah, it makes I, sense. I think it would have been cooler if it had said punish. But yeah, it's probably because he's dealing with Russians. Well, that's what I said. I said punish. What did I say? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying is I think it would have been oh, cooler if they just cool, used the English punish. version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe because it's like mostly about that Russian guy. It's fancy. I'll let it slide. <laughs> anyway, so let's get started. Uh, Frank and Amy are standing outside of some like huge locked door. And, uh, Amy's dressed up like a little girl. It was really weird. And uh, come to find out, I think this is where they make smut films. It's smut films, right? Uh, I, th- I think that's a good way to say it. It seemed like at first just like a, I don't know, I just wrote creepy photo shoot. But yeah, it seemed probably more into like the child pornography type of place. Yeah. I feel like smut film is that's like probably a good word for it. I think that's and fine. Not, we're like killing people. I think I'm hoping uh, I get that right. That's a snuff film. Smut film. There you go. So yeah, it is a smut film then. I think so. Uh, so Metal Door, and um, basically they just kind of wanted to use this guy's uh, uh, photo lab so they could um, take the pictures of the the um, they wanted to, to develop them like in the yes room. yeah. And so uh, while Amy was developing pictures, Frank is beating that guy, and then he pulls a sawn off, and I was like, this poor guy is about to die. Uh, did you get the same feeling? I well, yeah, because if you remember back in Daredevil, yeah, season two, yeah, that that one guy that was selling, you know, child pornography, Frank killed that dude. You know, it was off screen, but I can only imagine it was pretty violent. So I thought he, I don't think he killed. Him. I think he just beat him with a bat. He did. I I would expect him to beat him, but I mean, Frank even here had every intention of killing this dude. But yeah, he, he told Amy to wait outside. Yeah. So I thought he was going to kill him. I was kind of looking forward to it. Um, so he ends up not killing him, like we mentioned. And uh, and uh, he was getting ready to kill him. And Amy kind of talks him down, you know, saying, like, you know, don't do it. And, uh, you know, he, he it looked like he got upset about that. Like, you know, one of those things, like, don't ever do that again. Don't ever come between me and killing somebody kind of thing. But then she's like, you know, if it makes you feel better, just burn the place down, which he ends up doing anyway burning it down and you see the guy running out i feel like this wasn't a, a super great solution though because i'm sure he's got the place like in his equipment insured you know and now he's probably gonna just move locations i feel like frank should have just kept an eye on him am i overthinking it i think you are overthinking okay. it because okay. if you're i'm not gonna i do not make child porn but if i was to make child uh-huh. porn i don't think i'm gonna insure my equipment well, it's just his photography equipment. Like, he probably has, you know, just like a business. Is it- uh, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I, I still don't think you'd want to insure it because they're going to come down and, like, where it's at and stuff. And It's it's safe to say I'm happens. overthinking it. That's true, too. Yeah, you probably just can't write it off. But go ahead and, and proceed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Curtis is in bed with the woman. I was so happy to see, like, Curtis has, 
Like we, he mentioned it, but we finally get to see the lady, and he looks like he's truly in love. And another thing I wanted to add, because this is a very small scene, so I don't know if you want to touch on it, but Curtis is missing the leg, and I, I think it's nice that she like, you know, doesn't like that doesn't bother her. Yeah, and I like that they're not really making it a a huge deal again. You know, I, I honestly could have forgotten that he's missing the leg if i think they talked about it in episode seven but yeah i mean since season one it really hasn't been touched on i don't know that it necessarily needs to be but um yeah also um as we were talking about the girlfriend i liked her a lot too but i gotta say the scene makes me really nervous because i like them as a couple a lot and i'm really nervous that she might die i really hope not um yeah also um, he's lying to her because he said they're at the hotel because he has a rodent problem on his block and they're going to be there a while. But the rodent problem is Billy. Billy. Yeah, Billy's the rodent. So I don't know if that's going to like pop up that like, hey, you lied to me because this psychopath's trying to kill you, but you shouldn't have lied to me about that. Yeah, maybe. It, it could just be something as simple as that eventually. So I wouldn't be surprised that as I just really hope they don't end up killing this girl because I could Which, her being... I think they're going to. Yeah. You think she's going to go? I, I, yeah, I can easily see them killing her, like in an episode or two. I think she might. Well, not this episode, episode, not this next episode, but like maybe in three. Sorry, what'd you say? Oh no, I, I got what you're saying. I was just saying, I, I think maybe she'll get like held captive or something, but I don't think she'll get killed. I think they'll save her. Maybe. I mean, hopefully. Um. So Curtis tells her he has to peace. He has to go. Uh, help out which he's at like a um a food bank or serving food to like the military vets and we see him you know he gave a guy a pair of glasses which is curtis has always been super nice uh so he gave the guy a pair of glasses and then we see him like make sure his gun's still in his back uh part of his pants yeah and did you get the guy's name that vet that he gives the glasses to because for a while i was writing down glasses because i no, I never got him. I just kept calling called him, him Jimbo at some point. Um, maybe I don't know. I, uh, I uh, glasses or Jimbo. We can refer to him as glass or either one. Uh, Jimbo the glasses. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, and uh, so that was a cool scene. Curtis, Curtis is always giving back to like his community, which you know makes Curtis a great person in his community. I like the actor too that plays Jimbo the glasses, just because I don't know. He just seems to have so much. I don't know. Like, I feel so sympathetic towards him. Like, he seems really endearing, just always caught up in the wrong deal. I don't know. Just still very animated and appreciative. Yeah, I, I, I can like see this character a lot and what the actor's doing with him. Well, uh, so we finally see Billy. Uh, Billy walks into a house, which we find out is the Doctor Monroe, Doctor Monat, Dumont, Dumont. There we go, Doctor Dumont, and. Uh, he has keys to the place. I thought that was weird. Like, that shocked me. Like, you know, that stood out, like, big time to me. Did that stick out uh, to I you? I didn't even notice that, honestly. So, Really? Yeah, I, mean, I guess we can I, presume that maybe she... Well, he's not supposed to be leaving. Presume that maybe yeah. he's picking the lock? I or thought, no, he had lock. keys. Like, it was keys. Because I wanted to make sure, like, he didn't just walk into a, her house. Like, why would she leave her house unlocked? Maybe she had a spare that he nabbed. Um... Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, was everybody should have a spring, wasn't she? Like, she hadn't left at all during the night, so maybe he just took her normal keys. I mean, that's possible, but anyway, he gets in, 
and she's getting dressed and he kind of like stares at her, which, you know, even hints more of the idea of what you're saying that they're going to, uh, you know, bang it out. Yeah. Well, she was getting dressed. Did you say smash city? Smash, smash city, bitch. Smash, smash. (laughs) Yeah. So she was getting dressed, but I, I like that. Um, she spots him and just closes the door on him. So for a second, I actually thought that maybe my theory was wrong because, I thought it was going to happen right That's there. what I thought too. And then she shut it down. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, which we do find out that you are correct. They do bang it out at smash mm-hmm. city. Um, but he, so he walks in, he sees her. Um, she is. So after, you know, she like closes the door or whatever, it kind of skips and, uh, it skips. And, you know, that scene's over with. Next, we see Amy on the phone talking to somebody. Uh, she's pretending to be a like secretary or an assistant to somebody, which she's pretending to be the Russian's assistant. The, uh, I don't remember his name, that powerful congressman. Yeah. I'm sure you yeah, have close it. Enough. There you go. Yeah. Hey, you're always on point with the right. name, so good job, man. <laughs> I, um, I, <laughs> I glasses guy, Russian guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have, the doctor. <laughs> I don't have names unless it's Madani, Billy, Amy, Frank, or Curtis. I've been heavily writing them down now because I know that you talked me up too much. So now I have to like always have the names ready. <laughs> and these Russian ones are tough, dude. Oh, tell me about it. I wouldn't even. I mean, I'm glad you're here to watch <laughs> it, so I don't have to. But um, um, oh, go ahead. So, so yeah, so she's talking to them. They end up in front of a school, and. Uh, you know, Amy says, you know, how kids are her weakness. I thought that was a weird statement, but what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to keep talking about this uh, this scene. I just like that we're seeing, you know, more of Amy's smarts. You know, we're getting to see a lot of her skill set. Just to, Her manipulation. Yeah. And even, I guess, in the beginning of the episode, you know, Frank saying, okay, we'll do it your way. I guess kind of set the tone for a lot of this being her way throughout the episode. So, um, but yeah, I like this. She's pretending to be... Yeah, like you said, the assistant and ends up finding Polozna's location that way. And I think it, uh, let's see, you were talking about how she mentions kids are a weakness. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't really know how to take that one because obviously Frank doesn't feel that way. But, um, yeah. Frank doesn't feel that kids are his weakness or kids are her weakness. Well, I don't think she specifically said that it was her weakness. I think she just spoke in general that kids are a weakness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. I probably wrote it down, yeah. Yeah, I did write kids are a weakness. Okay. Yeah, so I he, uh, Frank just kind of walks yeah. it off. I think she realized she kind of slipped up. I don't know. I didn't really have a whole lot to take from that one because I wasn't really sure how to read into it or that it really went anywhere too much. I mean, it, I guess it eventually led to them talking about uh, Lisa, Frank's, Frank's daughter. daughter. But yeah, because Amy yeah. starts asking about, you know, they're, they're over by the college, so she was asking if he had plans for her to... I guess go to college or where or whatever. So, yeah, we're gonna go to school. You know, she asked how old she was and said, you know, wow, she's fifteen. She'd definitely be doing something with the boys yeah. by now. And I felt like that was like a really bad joke. I think she played it off well yeah, what, afterwards because she was because I took it yeah. that way. But then she was like, oh, she'd be coming home late. You know, boys would be coming to the door. You know, just, just yeah. typical like. But teen. as soon as she said that, I was like, man, Frank would kill any of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I would hate. Uh, be and, and he would hide them in his backyard and never be yeah caught. i would never want to go over to frank's <laughs> for frank's house to like take but, his 
uh, but I feel like she felt bad right away. And, um, I feel like, cause she said, she, I feel like she said she's like 17. So she's about the age of his daughter. So I think he's looking more at her as a daughter now. Yeah. I think he, he gets that every now and again. Cause he, I mean, we've seen throughout the you know episodes or even the season where he tries to yeah, teach her stuff, kind of give her some lessons. We'll probably talk about it later. Cause there's like a couple moments while they're in that trailer. Yeah. And the trailer. But, um, I, I would say so too. I don't know that it's, you know, all the way like that. Like he doesn't view her necessarily as a daughter, but I think that's kind of creeping in slowly on him. It didn't seem to go like jump the gun, like how he was with Beth and Rex, where it seemed like he just went like, full, you know, husband and dad. It yeah. kind of just seems like the Punisher with like a protege almost, if that works. But You think, it, you think ever has a protege? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a good word for it because sidekick isn't necessarily the deal. I mean, she's basically his micro no. right now, a little bit. I mean, yeah, I can see I that. They, they both have you know different skill sets and they both complement each other. So it's um, I don't know. It's it's a neat little you know connection that they have going. Yeah. Um, are you ready to move on yeah, to the yeah. next scene? Uh, next scene, jumping back to Billy. Billy makes the doctor some tea and uh you know uh she said you know you don't miss miss anything and he said you know uh he heard about her and jake the conversation they had and he said you know like i said that he felt like she was talking to him about that she said his behavior is disruptive he said he doesn't have anything left to lose and that's why he's acting this way because it kind of came out that he went to uh have drinks with jake and you know uh and everything kind of just hit the fan shit hit the fan really hard there yeah i think they were uh, both calling each other out like i think it's one of those things where they're more similar than than you would originally think because they're both calling each other out for being self-destructive and risky so they're both doing it in different ways billy is more not as subtle about it i guess but um but yeah i think those tones will will carry through the next uh this episode of the next one also, she didn't really care that Billy had gone to get drinks with Jake when Jake is like a struggling alcoholic. It's like, alcoholic, yeah. I thought that was yeah, weird she too. Didn't really give a shit. So I think she she cares I more mean, about Billy. And I mean, she, I'm pretty agree. sure that she intentionally had Jake there and was doing that so that Billy could hear it, which Billy even states. So it's just interesting how, where she's going. Uh, so that scene kind of concludes with her telling. Uh, Billy not to leave again and he stepped uh, stepped to her and said uh, he's going to leave again and then she said well don't get caught and then she walks out so I feel like we all know how boss Billy is but she's kind of showing that like even though you're such an intimidating person like you still don't intimidate me right yeah I like that they're both just kind of on the same page yeah she's not they're both alphas in their exactly. own exactly yeah and um, I think that's all I had on that scene. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a scene that you kind of hinted at earlier. Frank is in the trailer cleaning one of his guns, which, uh, you know, not a handgun. And uh, Amy uh, basically complains about the place saying how small it is, you know, and everything. He said, you know, this place has four walls and a heater. It's great. Uh, and after that, Amy ends up asking for a gun. Uh 
Would you give Amy a gun if she asked for one? Um, in this scenario, yes. Although I see where Frank is coming from, because he even says, I gave you a gun last time and you didn't do shit with it. But that's probably for the best. I think where they ended up going with Frank teaching Amy a little bit more, even though he didn't teach her how to shoot it necessarily. He told her how to, you know, somebody. not yet. But um, I think that's yeah. the right approach. So I, I like that. I like where he's coming from. Also, um, that shotgun that he took from that, like, creepy perv photographer guy from the beginning. I think that's yeah. the one that he's keeping under the under the couch in there. And I think he even instructs her yes. to use that. Because I think he even said, um, hey, anytime I'm here, I'll call your name. So if something- Yeah, like when he comes up to the place, he's going to say your name. So And if she doesn't hear his name, shotgun. you know. Pull the shotgun, release it, drop through the hatch, and yeah, run exactly. Like so I like first off, I like the pre- like preparation and like all the foresight that Frank is having in these scenarios. I think that's really cool. We get to see like another part of his tactical mind. But um, yeah, also just I guess Amy does in sense get a gun. She gets a you know a shotgun. But uh, a shotgun, yeah. And then um, when he said, you know, I gave you one before. I just want to say like. The first thing I thought he was going to say is like, yeah, you pointed it at me. Like he ended up kind of just letting that go. Yeah. Well, I think they kind of, I don't think they're at that point in their relationship anymore. I think she trusts them and, you know. Yeah, no, they definitely trust each other. Yeah. So I don't think she would do that again, hopefully. But yeah, I don't know if we'll see Amy. I don't know. They're kind of setting the... The, the layout, you know, she's learning how to disarm people. They've got the plan for her to, you know, grab a shotgun. So she may have to pull a gun at some point in the next few episodes. You never know. No, you're right. Um, real quick, and the last thing, the way this, like, the, basically the scene ends is after she, he teaches how to disarm somebody, he tells her to point it at him, and then he tells her to pull the trigger. She's very hesitant before she pulls the trigger. And, um, and then she ends up pulling the trigger, but it just kind of show you like, you know, Amy talks a lot, but I don't think at the end of the day, she's like willing to kill anybody. Maybe I think it's part of the, the training. I think that would be tough. So first off the whole training scene I thought was really cool in general. Just, um, you know, I think Frank was being a good teacher in that way. He kind of, you know, worked through her, her defaults and, um, which, which by yeah. the way, I thought it was really cool. Like the lesson he taught her, I was like, maybe I should like rewatch this like a couple of times and learn this for myself. Cause that's pretty but um oh where was i going with this but dang it i lost my train of thought you're talking about his tactical mind it was cool like yeah oh um, anyway i think i may have gotten it maybe not oh we can keep going i had a good thought too hey man everybody gets yeah i'm sorry uh so Billy's in the house in uh, the doctor's house and he's doing push-ups man remember we talked about before he could probably do like 10 and he'd lose check he did like 50 yeah I'm thinking the short term memory loss may not be a thing anymore it's just like hasn't really been touched on maybe it was a thing when he was like recovering in the hospital but not so much anymore but yeah he's definitely you know building himself up pretty pretty good so then he starts going through the doctor's papers, her files, and uh, he finds a name and he says KM. And, you know, like basically like I'm not going to make the same mistake with BR that I did with KM. So it kind of leads us to wonder like who's KM. And then right next to his uh, 
he finds a revolver right next to his mask, which is just odd. Like, like I don't understand. She might have the revolver for self-defense, but why would she have the revolver so close to his yeah, mask? Yeah, I mean, it is her desk, but I don't know. I mean, she could have maybe had some sort of intention that he might find that. Maybe not, because she seems pretty upset so, later when he brings up the note and, like, KM and all of that. But... Yeah, I, I would just chalk it up to maybe that being her personal space where she keeps important things. But um, yeah. also, do you have any theories on who KM is? I don't know because I don't. We haven't met anybody named KM yet. Yeah, you know, have we? And I just don't know. I haven't caught anybody either. I have one theory because I mean, it. it I don't know if it's a long shot. But I think at one point, um, Billy calls her Krista or something like that. Something with a K. So I don't know if maybe she had a different last name. Maybe it's one of those things where they're both very similar and she can't help him. Um, so it could be her. But um, that's the best I got right well, now. Well, the other thing I could suggest is maybe it's John Pilgrim. And uh, that's how like Pilgrim and Russo get connected. Could be. Maybe like, be it's his real name, and not because uh, we call him Pilgrim, but I don't know if that's his real name. Yeah, it, it could be something different. Who knows? Yeah, so I'm not really sure yet. Those, that's I guess the best theories we got yeah. so far. Sure Everybody that's that's already watched, you know, the whole series is thinking, "What dumbass?" Yeah. Like, I don't know. Obviously, Frank. Super transparent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Frank. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you ready to move on? Yeah, yeah, we can move on. So, uh, Curtis gets to his car. Gets to his car. He beeps it. It's right after. I, I, I'm assuming it's right after like the soup kitchen. And uh, Billy pulls a gun on him. We know it's Billy because he's wearing his mask and he has a revolver, which we have to assume that he stole from the doctor. Uh, right. They end up talking a little bit. Um, he tells Billy. Uh, Billy tells Curtis to eject the ammo and then to take the one out the ramp. Uh, out of the uh, the gun, off the mm-hmm. slide. Uh, Billy asks if is it like is he holding because of him? Well, holding, I mean, has a gun because of him. Curtis kind of nods in agreement. Billy lowers his gun. Uh, he sell, told Curtis how the lawyers told him he shot Curtis, and Billy says he's sorry. I feel like Billy's really empathetic about it. Like he, you know, he truly feels sorry for hurting Curtis. He even mentions at the end of it that he never planned to hurt Curtis when he came to see him. He just kind of wanted a clarification on some stuff. Do you think that Billy's like uh really like sorry for doing this? Yeah, I do. I think he did come to Curtis because he I mean we've heard through the last few episodes that Billy still remembers Frank and Curtis as being his best friends, you know, his closest friends. So I mean imagine, you know, one day you know, realizing that your best friends, you know, are like out to get you or like teaming up against you and like all this stuff. And you just don't remember why or know what's going on. So I, I could kind of get why he would be, you know, like this. But I like that he did. He comes to say sorry. And he's, I think, kind of pleading with Curtis a bit to kind of learn what happened, why his face is all scarred up, what happened that night. Um, I mean, in a very panicked, you know, crazy way. But um, I, I like that Curtis doesn't bring it up. I'm also glad that Billy didn't like shoot him or you know act out bad at all. 
but um yeah this seemed like a kind of friendly encounter yeah to begin with i mean from the gun pointing and all of that you know this is you know the the friendliest they could be being paranoid about each other so yeah i, I kind of felt for Billy a little bit here and i know that he is i i do believe that he is genuinely sorry i don't think that's gonna last no i i completely agree um few things that like i thought were major in this scene was when billy says he's sorry curtis says if you're really sorry you turn yourself in uh Billy also uh, tells Curtis it's hard for him because he wants to know, you know, what happened to him kind of thing. And he wants to know who did this to him. And he wants Curtis to tell him. Curtis said he can't tell him. And then uh, Billy said he was never going to hurt him at the end, like I mentioned earlier. I thought those were like some of the more important parts of it. I agree. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think that was the gist of it. Yeah, I just I feel bad for Billy at this time right now. Yeah, I do too, or I can at least uh, see where he's coming from. Um, so uh, we see John Pilgrim, which I feel like we see John Pilgrim less and less each episode, and it's really like, man, what's this guy doing? Where's What is he at? Yeah, I sometimes forget about him. I think it's because I think Pilgrim's probably going to be the main antagonist throughout the whole series, so right now this is kind of Billy's moment or you know, the Jigsaw yeah. episode. So I think we'll see uh, Pilgrim show up quite a bit later on, depending on what happens with Billy. I'm still I'm still thinking Billy could die. I'm not sure, but I guess we can talk about that more later as well. Um, so yeah, well, like I said, John pops up. He's at he's at a diner. Then he's reading. Then there's flashbacks of him watching people at the diner. He cocks his gun. Then he, when, he, when he's praying, excuse me, when he's praying, uh, he is at like a hotel then it's flashback to a diner or maybe a flash forward to a diner then he's reading then he's flash forward or flashback to the diner of him watching people and then back at the hotel he cocks his gun grabs his like priest hat and he walks out the hotel motel um this is kind of all we see of pilgrim like like i said we see less and less of pilgrim and we when you know when we see him we just get like these like really like you know not much scenes yeah, no, I agree. I think they're kind of minimal, just kind of showing where he's at. I like that he is kind of slippery, maybe um, maybe hidden, even to us as the audience. We never quite know what he's doing or what's going on with him. So I, I like that element to him still, even though I do think the majority of it is this is Billy's uh, and Jigsaw's. Yeah, yeah their, their episodes. Uh, I like the cuts back and forth, you know, showing the, the diner. As I think all the loud noises and kind of the uncleanliness of the people he's witnessing, you can kind of see why he thinks it's a, what do you say, an unpure place? Yeah. Or, yeah, it's just, you can see why it's irking him because it's just too many people doing all these, like, you know, gross, loud things. Or, I, I can kind of see where his mindset is. Yeah. I, I don't know because, like, they're just eating. I don't know how they can be unpure, like, at that time. And it's not like, well, we live in it. So we're used to it. Okay, so I guess we're all impure. To him, that's the thing. <laughs> to him, that, that would be weird. I mean, sometimes I can kind of do that. You know, if you start looking around. I don't know. I don't like to watch people eat because I think that can be kind of gross. Yeah. So I don't know. I can kind of see it. Obviously, you know, he's a different guy. And you might be right. Maybe there's something more that he, you know, deems New York being unpure for. I'm sure it's not just diners. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I agree but, with that. Um, so anyway, 
Uh, but Donnie's been eating a lot of pills. She eats pills starting at this scene. Uh, she knocks on the door. She uh, There's a knock on the door. She grabs her gun, and it's Mahoney. Again, I'm actually... Always. I feel like Mahoney's popped up more in this season than I have all of, like, not Daredevil, but, like, oh, Daredevil. not Daredevil, he, but, like, all the other shows combined. Maybe he's starting to, like, show up like he was in Daredevil. Yes, that's what I'm saying. We're seeing him a lot, and I think that's going to remain consistent because he's even... You know, even when he's not there, he's being brought up like by Madani occasionally. So, yeah, I think he'll, he's like his, yeah, I think he's like a main character this time. You know, obviously a supporting character, but more prominent yeah. than usual. But I'm digging it. I'm loving Mahoney. I love Mahoney, yeah. Uh, so when he gets, when Madani opens the door, he's like, whoa, don't shoot me again. Kind of makes a joke about it, which I like because it means like he didn't take it personally. Like, you know, uh, yeah, he's a cheesy cop. Yeah. <laughs> so he walks in. And, and Madani hates it. Oh, she absolutely hates it. But she, I feel like she does know that he's a good cop. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so he walks in, you know, gets straight to the point. He asks, you know, who's the third man at the Ferris wheel? I feel like it throws Madani off a little bit. Right. Uh, he talked to some kids, and he mentioned, you know, there was a guy at the skull with the vest, and they agreed. And uh, Mahoney tells her that he's an honest cop. And that's kind of what that sums up that scene. Do you want to, like, dig into that scene? Like, Mahoney, like, shows, yeah. like, his detectiveness. Like, he knows that her report's not true. You know, something, like, doesn't add up in that scene. So uh, he did some digging around and kind of found out that there's a guy wearing a skull. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's – I think you pretty much said everything that I would have done. It was just a really cool display of – yeah, Mahoney's, you know, instincts and detective skills and kind of being sly with the uh, the witnesses. Um, the one thing that didn't add up in Madani's report, I thought, was, like, how would Billy end up like that if she got shot in the head? Right. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and I think that is, yeah, a hole in her report. So, yeah. Uh, so it makes sense for Mahoney to be on to her for that. But that's about all I had with with their interaction, which is Mahoney kind of honing in on her. Yeah, um, Frank. Uh, so switch over to Frank. He's pretending to be drunk. Uh, there's a uh, he falls on a limo. The limo driver gets out. He knocks the guy out. Uh, the Russian family, who you uh, you know the guy's name, Palazzo. There you go. He's eating with this family. Amy walks up as like the waitress and shows him a picture of two people kissing in his menu and uh it's two men kissing and then she walks out uh and then like when she walked out he kind of stands up and uh half the like restaurant did stand up stood up did you notice that yeah it was like a wilson fisk moment no i'll i'll upgrade that you know in john wick when like uh the one guy snaps in john wick too and like everybody freezes around him yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It gives those kind of echoes. Yeah, like it's like, damn, there's a lot of people in here. Yeah, you know this guy has a lot of power. Yeah. Um. So she, he walks out and he gets in the limo, which Frank is there, and then Amy, like, knew she was being tailed, and she walks towards like a high school, like changes her outfit, and then walks right by them, and like with the high schoolers. I thought that was like super slick. I love this whole scene or moment or whatever you want to call it it was so smart yeah just the way you know frank is acting like like a drunk homeless guy 
you know, about to like throw up or take a piss on the limo, whichever he was about to do. And yeah, her just, you know, I, I really love Amy's skill set and how they're showing it in this show. Like, I mean, like you said, I mean, you painted the whole picture of her, you know, switching her one outfit, you know, into two and transforming it. So yeah, I thought it was just really smart, and I really love this whole this whole scene. She did like really small, subtle things where like she had like uh, a tie wrapped around her collar and like her the dre- uh, this mini skirt. She just flipped around and like made it a different mini skirt. Changed her hairstyle from like a, a sloppy bun to like you know wavy hair. Like it was just super slick by Amy and. Like you said, it, it is showing her like at, at her skill set. Uh, yeah, it's just really clever. Uh, but um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, anything else you want to uh, jump in about? Uh, no, we can talk about. Uh, I think it's Madani next. Yeah, Madani. Uh, so Madani is getting coffee, and uh, one thing she said was "see you tomorrow," which you know shows like routine. Right. So uh. And then, uh, but John Pilgrim is in there and, uh, he's not looking at her. His like back is to her. And yeah, so I'm surprised that she's able to, you know, clock him as she say, I mean, I believe her, but I was looking the second viewing. I was like, how is she noticing him? He just looks really normal. She doesn't even look towards him. Yeah. So, but maybe outside of the diner, if I want to like headcanon this, I guess. Yeah. Maybe he could. Anyway, maybe she just spotted yeah. it. Yeah, go ahead. Anyway, so she like she fo- he follows her. She pulls a gun out, and you know it says they have a mutual friend, Frank. Uh, she threatens to arrest him. He says like I didn't do anything. He just wants Frank and the girl. He t- uh, he tells her that he uh, she's an easy woman to find. Basically, like you know she's routine. Uh, she has routine. So she ends up running back to the diner and telling everybody, you know, don't don't touch anything, don't wash anything. And she just tries to get a fingerprint on him, which we find out that uh, he's not in the system. Right. Yeah, he's nowhere. Also, I love that he just leans into the picture, you know, in like a really cocky way. Like, go ahead, you know, take my picture. Yeah. She's got his DNA. She still can't figure out who this guy is. Which so. shows that like, we talked about before how he's connected. He has like a lieutenant on his payroll, but it just shows how like connected he is that – Madani like can't find his uh his prints. Well, she finds his prints, can't figure out who he is. Takes a picture, still can't figure out who he is, and he's so cocky as to like, yeah, go ahead and take my picture. Yeah, and it must be something to do with the Schultzes, I imagine. Oh yeah, because yeah. I mean, we're we'll talk about it more in the in the next scene, you know, with Pelosnev at the pier. But um, yeah, just everything we find out about how high powered apparently the Schultzes are that they're, you know, very rich and they're. They own what, like multiple different companies. Yeah, and they're kind of taken over. So I imagine this is where that power is coming from. Is he's like their enforcer, so he's kind of off the grid. We still don't know a whole lot about him, but that's where I'm assuming he's able to get all this, all this freedom. No, you're definitely right, and it is a lot of freedom. Uh, moving on to Frank. Frank drives Pelosi. Is that his name? Pelosnev. Pelosnev. The Polish yeah, there you go. The, the Russian Polish. The Russian guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, he drives him <laughs> to the dock and he's kind of like interrogating him, but it's not really an interrogation because he's just giving Frank everything he wants. Like Frank asks a question, he says, you know, he answers it without like hesitation. Uh, so a couple things we find out that are very important is the uh, Schultz are grooming their son to be president one day. 
but the one negative that they see on their son's behalf is that he's gay and they're very religious. So they, right. they wanted these pictures so that they can blackmail and like own him basically when he becomes president. Uh, other than that, you know, Frank goes to kill him and he's like, you know, if you're going to kill me, don't shoot me in the face, at least for my family's sake. And then he ends up, uh, ask Frank asks about his family and his daughter. And then he like, uh, lets him go. Uh, so my question to you is, is Frank getting soft? We saw he didn't kill a pedophile guy and now we're not killing this guy. Is Frank like, you know, getting soft? Uh, maybe a little bit. I think he's trying uh, to, you know, be better about it. I think the positive to this, to him not killing these past uh, few people, is that, you know, if he was killing them, there may be more, uh, I don't know, maybe police interference. You know, maybe there's news that, hey, you know, the Punisher's back in town. Or, you know, now that he's he's laying low, basically, you know, with leaving these guys alive. They're just kind of running free. So it's not that extra element that he has to deal with so maybe that's a, a positive you know so maybe there's that surprise later on you know as he's trying to find billy because uh, but that's kind of the best i got otherwise yeah i think he i think these past couple episodes have been very heavy on the should we kill billy should we not and you, we see that a lot with madani and frank going back and forth a lot like punisher and daredevil uh in a way so I think this is just one of those. I think maybe they're trying to establish this argument as to, you know, this is a show about the Punisher and killing, but is that always the right way? And maybe showing why it's what to do in certain scenarios. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about it, Tyler? I do think he's going soft. Um, I think he's going soft, though, because of Amy. Uh, I feel like he thinks, like, you know, like, not that this is my second shot to make this right because, you know, his – family's dead he's just like there's there isn't another shot to make it right but i think he thinks like uh you know she's looking at me as like a, not a father figure but like an adult figure a role model yeah and, like a mentor yeah and so like you know what should she do like she she, she shouldn't kill this guy in cold blood like even if he is doing this like yeah burn him burn his house down or his place of business and like the russian guy like he does have a family like would amy kill him not that that's what he's thinking, but I do think Amy is playing a part in him kind of going soft. Yeah, I would say maybe Madani as well, just because, I don't know, it seems like he feels like he owes Madani and Curtis, like uh, he, he owes them I, I, for not finishing Billy, so I maybe he's... Madani. I mean, the Curtis part, like he owes Curtis, but I wouldn't say he owes Madani. Maybe, I mean, if a Billy shot... Madani in the head and and all that. I, I kind of group them together a little bit, but yeah, I don't but I don't like, get it necessarily. I think there's some other, you know, maybe underlying factors to it. But I think, yeah, maybe Frank is dabbling. I think Frank would go to Frank would would go to war for Curtis because that's his brother. He looks at Curtis as like family, like the only family. Oh family. yeah, absolutely. But I don't think he looks at Madani like that. Like I don't think he's he he does protect Madani because Madani has his back sometimes but i don't think he uh you know would go to bat for Benani like he would curtis well no i agree with that i'm just saying that you know madani has a you know a vested interest in in billy as well so if she's saying i don't want him to be killed or maybe killing's not the right way in this you know 
don't know. She's been pulling favors. I I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off a little bit. I'm not sure what's really motivating Frank. I think it maybe is. I think it, the the point that I'm saying is that Amy and Madani have been kind of, you know, recently on him about hey, you know, maybe don't kill in this scenario. Um, and I think when Pelosna mentions he has a daughter, that's kind of some rationale for Frank to be like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't isn't great. So I think he's just kind of trying it out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. no, I understand what you're it, saying. But, um, but yeah, let's see. What else do we have on that? But, um, oh, I was going to say, honestly, like the whole uh, David Schultz being gay seems like kind of a, you know, a a weak reason for all this mess I mean, going on. Like if you think about it, like not to cut you off, I apologize, but if you think about it, like, is it a really, re- like, look how, like, I don't want to like, we, in this podcast, we don't get political or like, we don't like, we're, I'm right. LGBT for the LGBT community. Like I applaud them, but you know, like when Obama became president, like, you know how much hate he received. So like, just imagine like the first gay president, how much he's going to receive. So that's true. That's I, I could see your point, because to me, I was thinking, you know, um, if he's gay, you know, if anything, that might help him get elected just with, you know, it's um, kind of like the diversity. Yeah, has almost been like a thing trying not to get too political here. But, you know, the big thing was like, oh, first woman president, first black president, you know, first gay president. Like, it almost helped David out. But I guess when you're the Schultz's. And you almost, I would imagine they look down on it a little bit. Yeah. Just because they seem like very overly religious. So I could see how maybe the Russians would have some sway over that by wanting to bring that a light. And also Pelosdev mentions that the Schultzes would be in trouble because they, they hid the fact that David's gay and they lied about it. So that makes sense to me as well, just because that paints them in a bad light for keeping secrets. So... That's kind of the the rationale. I just wanted to bring that up because, yeah, my first thought was, okay, he's gay. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah, that's kind of I mean, and, a know, weak thing, but realistic, maybe to them. Realistically, that's like the society we should live in. Like, he's gay. Who cares? Like, she's a lesbian. You know, that's a trans. Like, that 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 shouldn't matter. But, you know, like, political figures, I think they just look – we look at them as our leaders. So, like, we – you know, we want to want to see, like, Bill Clinton six years from now coming out and be like, hey, guys, you know, I'm really gay. Like we're like, wow, I mean, he no. could, but I know he could. But yeah, I think it's mostly the Schultzes, like the, the way that they view it is really the issue, or just. Yeah. It, it, I, I guess you, your point that it being all all politics, you know, wanting to rack up as many votes as you can, uh-huh. you know, just one less hurdle, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, but but yeah, like, but yeah, don't. I guess we can if come, ease off of that unless you got another point. Yeah, just, if he comes out as gay, like he loses all the religious votes. And, right, exactly. And so, so like, is that what we can? It, that's what we can outweighs one or another. Right. All right. Um, and like, then, um, yeah, but Frank ends up sparing Pelosnev, um, his life because of the daughter. Yeah. But yeah, we can move on to the next scene. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Billy walks into the bar. He meets with Jake, and and uh, that scene's over. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, Manani has uh. All the plates from the coffee shop, which I did mention earlier. Uh, and then it cuts back to Billy and uh, the dude with the glasses. Class is uh, Jimbo. Jimbo, yep. Yep. Uh, his car gets taken, and uh, Billy comes up with a plan like instantly. Like, you know, we're going to run up on him, and you guys get in the street, and you guys tell him, and we'll cut him off here, whatever the plan was. And 
Billy pulls his mask out right away. Did you think it was weird that Billy is just carrying his jigsaw mask on him? Um, I didn't find it too weird because it's supposed to be symbolic of like the face he wants to show. I don't know. I didn't find it too weird. I honestly thought it was pretty cool. I was like, okay, here we go. Here's some jigsaw. So I, I, thought, I, I thought this whole scene was pretty neat. I love the plan that he came up with like on the spot. And I wanted Glasses Jimbo to get his car back because it, I, I, I like that dude. Well, I did think it was, excuse me, I did, thanks. I did think it was weird because, uh, like you said, it is the face he wants people to see, but why is he carrying it around? Like, is he, was he planning? I mean, I guess he had just came back from, you know, seeing Curtis. That's about. true. He did wear it when he saw Curtis. So that makes sense. So uh, that does make sense. And I kind of want to take that back. I rebuttal that entire thing. Yeah. You answered your own question. Yeah. Good work. So, uh, yeah, Detective Johnson's here. And so uh, they ended up robbing the tow truck guy, and Billy kind of freaks out on him. And they have to pull Billy off the guy because Billy just kind of went to town bashing his face. Uh, I think this is just another step in uh, Billy kind of losing his cool and becoming more so the jigsaw persona than Billy. Right. Do you concur? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that too. Um... And then the the whole group of the vets, you know, they seem to be very excited about being able to work. So I would say flawlessly, even though Billy kind of lost his shit. But um, I mean, it's very well executed. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they're they're pretty hyped about that, and they want to start pulling jobs. I the sense that I get is Billy is almost starting up Anvil again in a way. You know, from season one, his yeah. Uh, his company. different contracting group like security uh, but this time this time they were like looking for government contracts and like they're doing like positive work this time they're like they talk about robbing this place and in fact one guy's like you know uh he's like i work in this place you know uh it's basically a bank it'll be an easy job right um also to point out uh billy did tell jimbo glasses to drive to te- straight to Texas, change his plates, and uh, he has to leave because they can check check his VIN numbers, which was pretty cool. But in the next scene, we find out uh, the next he did not do that. <laughs> or did I skip a scene? You did skip a scene. I'll just let you do it. I'm not. Even uh, all right, <laughs> I mess it up every time. No, so. <laughs> hey, that's, you know, that's, maybe that's your thing. That's my thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frank is cleaning a gun once again. Amy is telling, uh, you know, how this Russian guy kind of buys Congress. Like he has, he kind of owns congressmen because of blackmailing and stuff. Uh, Frank tells her, you know, how to deal with the consequences. And uh, she says, you know, that he's just like them, kind of. And then they kind of get upset and she wants to storm off. And Frank, you know, kind of talks her down. You know, uh, says like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember what he says, but he does talk her down and she ends up, you know, kind of, uh, staying. And he like, when he t- was talking her down, he said, you know, sit. Cause he like, you know, he's always like, you know, go gun hole Frank. And so when he yells sit, she like, doesn't move. And he kind of like, let that back down, but he's like, please. And then. Yeah. That's when, like, uh, she sits down and they kind of, like, you know, take it. I guess they're both still learning how to deal with each other. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think that's probably the, the main takeaway. Yeah. And they are starting to learn how to 
talk to each other and interact with each other where they're coming from. So that was my main takeaway from the scene. Um, so um, go ahead and tell us about the uh, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo oh, yeah, Glass. with, with gla- Jimbo Glasses. Yeah. Getting, <laughs> yeah, getting caught by the police. And, um, yeah, so what did he say? He just wanted to take a quick nap, and, of course, the cops find him while he's doing that. But um, he calls Curtis, and basically – while him and Curtis are talking things through, he's able to, Curtis, uh, sorry, Jimbo Glasses is able to bring up Billy Russo and kind of give him some information on that. Well, he and doesn't say Billy. He says this guy with, like, scars. I think he says uh, his name was Billy. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Billy, and he has scars on his face. Yeah, so just, yeah, plenty to let Curtis know who exactly uh, it is. And, yeah, Curtis instructs Jimbo Glasses to just not say anything, and that's kind of where we leave Jimbo glasses for like the next couple episodes. Yeah. We actually don't see him again, but they did. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis does say like, Hey, sit tight. And then he never comes back to him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe we'll see him in episode eight. Who knows? But yeah, we've only watched up until episode seven. So, um, next scene, uh, there's some Russians sitting on a standing on an elevator. There's two bodyguards and Pulaski. Pulaznev. Pulaznev. That was close. Uh, all right, I'm getting better, man. Um, okay. The elevator opens. Uh, we don't see who's shooting, but the two bodyguards, boom, boom, they die. And Pulaznev kind of stands there, and then it turns around, and it's John Pilgrim. And then he kills Pulaznev and then walks away. Like and I feel guy. bad for Pulaznev here because his one request to Frank, you know, before Frank was going to shoot him, was to, you know, not shoot Pulaznev in the face for his family. Frank spares him, and what does Pilgrim do? Shoots him in the damn head. You know, I didn't think so, about that until, like, right before you said that. Like, man, like, he ends up, you know. I mean, but I so think— So if Frank would have killed him, Plaznev would have an open casket, no problem. I think it's easier to hide a headshot wound than, like, a shotgun straight to the face, though. Well, he wasn't going to shoot him in, in the face with a shotgun. He would just shot him in, like, the Chester. No, no, no. What... Saying, like, if he did shoot him in the face with a shotgun, it's easier to hide. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just saying Frank would have respected his wishes to not shoot him in the head. Which shows Frank's an honorable man. Exactly. He is an honorable man. Uh, but, go yeah, ahead. the Pilgrim is not. No, which is odd because, you know, he's But he smart. is one hell of a shot. He is one hell of a shot. Three shots. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. Um, so... Once again, we get our boy Mahoney. You know, I think I like Turk more than Mahoney. Well, I do too. Okay, I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> yeah, Turk's Turk's funnier, but I, I respect the hell out of Mahoney. Oh, I do too. Mahoney has mad. I have mad respect for Mahoney. But mm-hmm. Mahoney comes up to the doctor, uh, Monet, Monroe, D- Dumont, Dumont, Dumont. Damn it! All right, comes up to Dumont, and he has a subpoena. Um, so, um. When he uh, subpoena for Billy's folder, his file, and when she's getting it, she pulls a paper out of the file. Did you make out what the paper said at all? No, I didn't see it. Did you? No, I even paused it and like zoomed in and like made my girlfriend look because I have really bad eyes. That's true. Um, so anyway, uh, she specifically asked for a receipt for the folder, and then Mahoney leaves. Then she goes back to the window to like do her odd like I'm gonna commit suicide kind of thing, uh, and that's when Billy walks in. Uh, which you know, well he I think he was in the apartment the entire time. Yeah, he was. He was just hiding out. 
So um, then they kind of have like a little lover, just lover spat. She said she should have told Mahoney that Billy was there. And she, uh, she even said, you know, you probably would have killed him. And he said, yeah, I would have. And she said, she's a criminal. Billy tells her she isn't that happy that like all this is like fake. Uh, her emotional state is bad. He asked who's KM, which she does not answer. Did you notice that she didn't answer that? Right. But this is also where he calls her Krista. Is it? I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's, yeah it took me a, a couple views. But yeah, he calls her Krista in this scene. Um, so um, he attacks her, which I thought was weird. I was like, man, like he's losing it again. He attacks her. And then uh, he she grabs a letter opener and she you know, stabs him with it. And then they kiss. Is this the bang sesh that you were thinking that was how it was going to happen? This isn't how I pictured it happening, but <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. I, could, I it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it inevitably, it, I felt like we were getting all the hints that there was something kind of brewing in there. Well, I thought it was going to happen, right? And then she stabbed him, like, "Oh, it's not happening." And then, boom, it happens, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I. Yeah, I thought it'd honestly be a little bit more romantic, but this makes a lot of sense for, I, I knew for it their was, dynamic. I knew it wasn't going to be romantic just because of how he is. I felt like it was going to be like some kind of, you know, rough sex. And then, but like, that's not this rough. That's, I don't even think that's rough. That's not abusive. That's not bondage. That's not, I don't know what that kind is. Yeah, I don't know what to call that necessarily either. We'll just call him kinky. This is beyond kinky. That's kinky times a thousand. I guess so. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know what you would necessarily call that. I feel yeah. like I, I should know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like they're they're know. into pain. They're into pain. <laughs> you said I feel like I should know. I don't, Not for anything weird. <laughs> like, I took a lot of psychology classes, so I feel like yeah, I should I'm know sure, this. I'm sure that, <laughs> that that's it what painted it is. me in a bad light. This is not. <laughs> How I do think, God damn it. <laughs> hey, your your wife's, your father-in-law listens to this. I know he does. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I'm sorry. This is not, okay. Um, Curtis is sitting at the. Uh, one star review. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be one star, then one comment's going to be like, Jesse didn't know what kind of sex that is. <laughs> if only he would have known. Uh, so Curtis, yeah, Curtis is sitting in uh, the place where they have the meetings, and Madani walks in, and then Frank walks in, and Curtis like kind of set up like a little mini intervention for them, and I think this is good, like it does them good because it shows like it puts it all on the table, like what they each think that how they need to you know handle this Billy situation. Uh, did you get the same feeling that like, this is like really good for them to sit down and talk about? Um, yes. Um, let's see. I I like them sitting down. I also like that Frank admits that he's been letting men live and that it pisses yeah. him off. When he got through half of that sentence, I thought he was going to say, I've let men live. I thought he was going to be like, you know, agreeable with it or something. But I was really excited when he says it pisses me off to just know, like, okay, yes, that is the Punisher. Yeah, because, like I said, I thought he was going soft. But when he said that it, it upsets him, I was like, yes. I, I had the same reaction. Yeah, and I think um, I'd say the, the main portion of this conversation occurs in the, in the next episode. Yeah. Do you want to jump into episode seven, or did you have um, 
The only thing that I thought, like you said, Frank said, you know, he normally would have killed it, pisses him off. Uh, Curtis said that they have to deal with Billy first before they should deal with the uh, the Russians. Um, so, um, which I thought was important because Frank values Cur- Curtis's opinion and he knows the Russians are after him, but yet he's still willing to like put them his life on the back burner to help Curtis out. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, he, yeah. He... And then other than that, Frank said he's going to find Billy in it his way. And Madani just kind of stares at him. So I think that sums up episode, the end of episode, uh, seven, um, excuse me, six Nazicat, AKA punish, uh, punish. And, uh, it jumps right into seven. So do you want to, do you want to start, with the conversation or do you want to start with how seven starts? Uh, we, we can start a little bit with how seven starts. So with Madani in the hospital. Yeah, well go ahead. Um, yeah. So we, we start off with Madani in the hospital, giving her statement. Um, we get the little caption that says this is one year ago, kind of giving us a little bit more of a time frame as to since it's since season, season one. And, um, basically Madani has to lie to protect herself and Frank. Um, during this, you know, while she's giving her statement, um, and then her, I don't, I don't know what this lady is to Madani. I'm assuming some sort of higher up. The, she was uh, the inspector general, and then there was a CIA like lead, like CIA uh, dictator director. Okay, and um, I think during I have the subtitles on because sometimes they give me little clues, and I missed her name, but in the subtitles it gave me her name as Marion. So that's what all refer to her as but um yeah it seems like marion's the one that's suggesting how madani should you know give the statement and of course madani's wanting to be all about the truth but marion i think correctly displays that if madani does tell the truth basically it's just like all negative no positive so um did you have anything on this scene tyler yeah um marion like you said she said you know madani like she she said she's fine with Madani coming out and telling the truth, but she's like, I don't think your career would survive that. Um, you and Frank would definitely hang because the public would know Frank's alive, and that uh, you know my career would still survive because of you know where I'm at. You know, you kind of be hanging yourself. I thought that was very important. Uh, other than that, she did exactly what uh, Marion said, but at the very end, she said that Sam Stein. Uh, warned her that Billy was uh, uh, an antagonist. He was a villain, but she ignored it. And um, I thought that was important because she kind of like put Sam Stein back in like not a pedestal, but like in a in a light because yeah. she was like he kind of like fell out of that. Uh, <sighs> bless you. She you. also uh, that's when uh, Miriam said that you know I don't know how it feels to be shot at or. You know, I even pulled my gun. Uh, but she said, you know, uh, everyone would survive but her and Castle if she were to tell the actual truth, like I said. Yeah, which I think is correct. And I think Madani picks up on that as well. And it seems like Marion is um, pretty important to Madani in the sense that she seeks out Marion's advice, which we see later, later in the episode as well. So we know this is one person that Madani feels like she can trust or kind of lean on which I think is important going in. But um, so you want to take us into the next scene? Yeah. So it cuts into the next scene, uh, which is how episode six ends. Frank uh, and everybody's still in the, um, like in that meeting room. 
and it just says, you know, Frank says, are you good with that? And uh, Manani kind of freaks out. She calls him a, so, a psychopath. Uh, Frank, you know, he says he can live with anything. You know, yeah, it's going to be hard killing Billy, but he can live with it. It's not, uh, it's not easy, but he can live with that. Um, he said, "War is, you know, th- this is war." And Minotti said, "It's not war." Frank tell, uh, Frank said, "Well, you tell my wife and kids that." And I feel like that was Frank's way of saying, like, you know, it's been war for me since I've gotten back. Like, I, I know you, you know, you're doing your thing, but I, I've still had to fight for everything. Right. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I can see his his point. I'm more with Frank on this on like whether or not they should kill Billy. Not that I want like Jigsaw to die necessarily, but you know, realistically, how should they approach it? They'd probably be better off, you know, taking out Billy. I don't really get Madani's whole back and forth here about, you know, killing Billy or not killing Billy. Um, my best idea is that maybe she's the you know, like we were talking about Daredevil and Punisher, maybe she's that kind of counter argument. Um, I mean, she's the she's the cop, so maybe she's not supposed to be into that. She's supposed to be into justice and like taking people in. So I don't know if it's maybe that internal struggle that she's dealing with, but it seems like throughout this episode, she's constantly having this argument with different people and you know trying to rationalize it and almost hear that she's right that they should just take him in. Well, even uh, a couple episodes back, do you remember when uh, Curtis asked, you know, what do you plan to do when you catch Billy? She's I'm going to put him behind bars. So, like, I think at that time, you, uh, you and I both, I know for sure I did, said that I think she's just saying what he wants to, he- wants you know, him to hear. But now I think more so that he, she actually does feel like she took an oath when she did mention later in this episode that she took an oath to, you know, protect people and to do the right thing. And I feel like this is, you know, still, she's still trying to find her way of doing the right thing. Yeah. I, th- I think it is an internal struggle. I, I think you're right. Um, but we'll, um, we'll probably touch on that a little bit more later. Uh, going back to the scene, keep pushing through it. Uh, Frank said, you know, Madani went to uh, every day to put Billy down and then she ended up, you know, not being able to do it. Uh, do you think she went every day to like because she was going to kill him? No, I think it was maybe more to keep tabs. Is what I is what I kind of took it as. Yeah, but um, I mean, do you have a different theory? Yeah, I do. I think Frank is right. I think he hit the nail on the coffin, and uh, yeah, that's my saying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just funny because we both know it's wrong, but like you're saying now. <laughs> Uh, I think he he hit it right there in the coffin. Uh, yeah, on the coffin. Uh, where he wanted to put Billy in a coffin. See what yeah, I did there? Oh, yeah, that was actually yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, but um, I think she wanted to kill Billy this entire time. But she, like you said, mentioned just a couple minutes ago, like her internal struggle of you know wrong and right. Right. But uh, Curtis does say he wants Billy dead, and I feel like Curtis kind of like. Like, I don't know if Frank has a conscience anymore. I feel like if Billy said something, Frank kind of like, not does it necessarily, but like he holds Billy, uh, excuse me, Curtis's opinion to a higher standard. So since Curtis did it, I feel like Frank, uh, once Billy did, I feel like Frank's like, okay, my boy wants him dead. I'm going to kill him. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think Curtis kind of trumps Madani in Frank's eyes. Yeah. But I think Frank is trying to find that balance because during this, uh, uh, the scene, he was saying, you know, like, I think he feels like they're almost like innocent bystanders that are kind of caught up in this whole mess between him and Billy. So because Pilgrim's, you know, following Madani now, she's caught up with Billy. Curtis has, you know, been very open about how Billy's, you know, messing with his life too, you know, even like inadvertently. So I think Frank, obviously he's, Frank is doing this for himself too, because he's like, doesn't like Billy and all this, but I feel like he's doing it for Madani and Curtis. And yeah, maybe Curtis's word trumps Madani's, but I think he's still trying to sort of meet in the middle a little bit to kind of relieve that stress off of them. Yeah. So I, I think that's why he's open to, I, I think at the end of this, he just says, okay, I'll, you know, he agrees to, to find Billy. He doesn't necessarily, you know, explicitly state, okay, I'm going to find and kill Billy. At least when the scene ends. Cause that yeah. Was obviously so the, the way it ends is Curtis says he knows where Billy is. He knows a guy who knows where he is. We're talking about glasses, Jimbo. Um, uh, Frank said that he'd do it. Uh, but they, uh, but, um, but they'll do it, and they need to. Uh, he'll do it for themselves. Like he'll do it for them, not for him. If that makes sense. Right. And j- just to say what you comment on what you said, I think, like you said, Curtis' word means more. I think it's like a ninety ten split. Like Curtis means more ninety percent than ninety little ten percent. I'd say like sixty forty, but I wouldn't even go that high. Yeah, I mean that low. No, no, I'm going higher. I mean. You know okay. what I mean. I'm 92. Yeah, I, I got you. I got you. But um, <laughs> um, you want to go to the next scene? Yeah. Next scene is Madani. Um, she's in bed. Her alarm goes off. She freaks out, kind of throws it. Uh, she takes medicine, which I mentioned a couple, like uh, from the last episode, she's popping a lot of pills. Um, and then she's in the shower, and you can actually see like really good the scar from the shot. I think this is the first time I've been able to see it. Have, what about, how about you? Oh, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think that is the first time. Um, she keeps having flashbacks of her getting shot in the head, and then she's also having flashbacks of having sex with Billy in the shower, which I thought was kind of weird because I don't know how they went side and side. Are you saying, like, you think it's weird, like, how did they, you know, physically get the position in the shower? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I thought no, that no. was what you were saying. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was the the um the way it was edited. So oh, the editing. Was... I thought the editing was really good. No, 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 I'm not saying the editing's bad. I'm saying I thought it was weird how they positioned, you know, her uh, her sh- getting shot in the head and then it skipped to the shower sex and then skipped to her getting shot in the head. Like, I don't know how it correlates. Oh, so here's how I took it was that, um, so the fact that she's been, you know, or was sleeping with Billy and then he ultimately shot her in the head. I think it's the fact that, you know, she became vulnerable and trusted somebody and let them in and then, you know, ended up getting hurt because of it. Or maybe she feels like a fool, you know, being that intimate with somebody who, you know, inevitably tried to kill her. So I think while she's in that shower, it's, you know, reminding her of that moment with Billy, but also what happened. So I think that's just the editing is her mind going back and forth to being like, this is what happened and this is how it ended. And I think it's just her kind of dealing with that. Those are the two things that are just, you know, you know, just are pounding in her head right now. That's how okay. I took it, and I think that's what the I mean, editing was going for. You're more than likely right. I just, I didn't understand it, but, I mean, that makes sense to me now. Um, so, did you want to mention anything else about the shower, shower sex? 
Uh, no, no. You can keep going. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the next sex scene. Oh, uh, <laughs> between Billy and the doctor. This was a good uh, transition, though. I, I did like that. Um, <laughs> just the, you, <laughs> for the symbolism, damn it. <laughs> because, um, because so Madani, you know, we were just talking about the editing where, you know, she's feeling like she's being played or was played by Billy. But then we move on to Billy sleeping with Dumont. So I don't know if maybe it was setting it up like that to where like maybe this is Billy's new, you know, person that he's inevitably going to, you know, play in a sense. I don't think Billy's going in with that intention. But no, I don't think, I think he think, went in with the other intention either way. Yeah, but I think I think maybe what it's getting at is that Dumont is going to be the next one that's kind of like Gets a victim broken. to Billy. Yeah, yeah, either yeah, physically or like metaphorically. Um yeah, he'll he'll have a negative impact on her next. I think is what it's getting at. Um, so when they start having sex, it's really weird. Like they're all about squeezing scars. This is more kinky than in the last one. The last one's freaky. Um, she, he like she had a scar on her like hip or thigh. He squeezed it, and then there's like a huge like scar on her back, and he like squeezed that, and uh, she squeezed some scars on her chest, and then like it, boom, it's over, like. That was that was also weird. Also, um, um, she asked if he heard him, and he said, "You know, I thought that was the point." And she said she discovered the pain and pleasure connection, which kind of means like bondage or kinky kind of stuff. Kind of. Um, yeah. Uh, he asked how she got her back scar, which I thought was very important. Um, she said she fell when she was nine. Uh, it took two years to get for her to get put back together. He asked if it was an accident. She said, yeah, but she kind of hesitated. Um, I don't think it was an accident. I don't think she was nine years old. I think it might have been something recent. It might have been two years. That might be correct. But I think it was like a suicidal attempt, like her jumping out the window. That's what I got from that. It it could be. Yeah, I don't know what exactly is the, you know, what's fake and what's not. It could have been the age. But um, the I would say... Billy makes a lot of assumptions and that's kind of where it leads. So he's almost like answering the questions himself, you know, like, was it an accident? And I think he just kind of jumps to it almost just expecting that we don't get an answer from her necessarily on what happened. We just know no, what you said. So, yeah, Go. I, um, but I do think it's like some kind of suicide attempt. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it, it could be, but we know now that the window, her like reactions to when she's standing by her window make a lot more sense now because we, well, we know for sure that she fell and she, it seems like she has a fear of heights and maybe a fe like a fear of windows. So just because like the way she pulls the curtains away, she's like hiding her face and her body away from it. Like she's kind of scared. Um, at least that's why I'd say like the body language is doing. And then when, you know, she puts her hands up against the glass, like very slowly, I think it's yeah. a way of her, you know, cause she's like a psychologist or therapist. I think it's a way for her to face her fears as, you know, a way that, you know, she's always trying to get Billy to get past his fears of like the skull. You remember we talked about like that, uh, not metaphor that she gave that we liked. Yeah. So I'm assuming she's doing the same thing to herself you know, trying to pull that knot, you know, you know, go towards that window, kind of face the fear sort of deal. So it, that, that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, it makes a lot. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, she gets dressed um, in the mirror 
and she opens the blinds, and then he starts leaving. Uh, he's leaving, and he's like, you know, tells her he doesn't have nightmares. She, uh, he said it because not because of you know her, but because of uh, his guys. Not because of like the sex, but because of her and the guys. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Yeah, uh, he said he was scared. Uh, he thinks he was scared because of him being locked in the room, and that's kind of like uh, made the nightmares worse than what they actually were. Uh, he said he doesn't know what's worse, uh, not remembering his company or not knowing, not no, uh, not having it anymore. Because uh, I think right now he's struggling with not having power, and I thought that line was like really important, just because it shows you know. He's still struggling of trying to find out, you know, where he is in the world. And, you know, he he always looked at himself as being successful. But or like he wanted to be successful, wanting all this power and everything and the wealth. And he had it. But now he doesn't remember that he had it. And he doesn't remember, you know, and he doesn't have it anymore. So he doesn't know what's worse, not having it anymore or not remembering that he has it or even had it. Yeah. Do you follow me? Yeah, I, I, I follow you. And I... Yeah, I would say that that makes sense. I think power is a big deal of it. I think primarily it sounds like his his vet buddies are it's probably the main one because they're always building him up. They're like, oh my God, you're Billy Russo. Like you're the guy and all of this. So I think maybe the lack of nightmares is more them than her. I think maybe he she's kind of solving some of that loneliness and making him happier. Maybe he feels a little bit safer with her. You know that he kind of has that little bit of companionship. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, he still decides to to leave. So um, I don't think he necessarily right. needs her. That is, is this, that's still in the scene, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still just, in the scene. I gotta, I gotta check. But um, but yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, his decision to leave. Or did you have anything before that? Um, real quick, I just let me run through the screen. Um, he did say he wants the power back of like having a company. Right. Uh, she thinks he's blaming her. Uh. She wants to. Uh, she went to get her gun, and he ended up having it. I thought that was important. And he, uh, he said he wants to protect her, and she, uh, she won't let him. He leaves, and then she goes to the window, and that's when uh, she looks out the window to see him leaving. But go ahead, tell us what you want to say. So um, I think Billy leaving is is smart. I think she doesn't want him to leave because she feels like he's safer with her, and he doesn't want to stay with her because he feels like she's safer when he leaves it, it like so i know that probably sounded kind of complicated but basically they're like bad for each other essentially like the, the whole self-destructive thing they've been talking about so in all reality billy being there is bad especially he knows he's about to go do like some crazy ass robberies and start getting into some shit so it was smart for him to leave to not you know bring that to dumont's doorstep any more than he already has. So I think it was ultimately uh, smart for him to go. I don't know where we'll really see Dumont. I don't know that we see her anymore throughout this episode. Uh, I don't think so either. So it'll be interesting to see where she goes from here, if he ends up coming back or if she kind of hunts him down. But um, but yeah, so I, I think it was a good move for him to leave because they both, I think they are more similar than we would originally assume but yeah it, it does suck because they like just formed a relationship and now they have to split also why i think billy maybe isn't fully into her you know i don't think he's like in love with her or anything if it was 
seemed a little easy for him to leave. I think it was maybe harder on her. Yeah, I I agree. I do think that uh, I think it's harder on him just because he like uh she makes him feel better than what he should be feeling. If that makes sense. Yeah, but he's got his vet buddies now. I think that's the main thing is he's going to go to them. Yeah. She has nobody. So I I would say that's maybe. I mean, maybe this is not super important, but um that's kind of what I got from it. Um, I, I think it's important just because you're right. She doesn't have anybody. He he has her, but then he can also fall back on his vet buddies. I think we'll definitely see her again. Oh, no. She's definitely going to be in it again. I agree. I don't think she's done. Um, You ready to move on? Yeah, yeah. So Madani is at the agency. Um, She's going through all the fingerprints of the things with, with one of her techs. Uh, fingerprints on the food for John. Um, They talk about how John's a ghost. The tech... That tech is super weird. Did you get, like, she's, did you think she's, like, extra? Uh, yeah, I would say that's a good way to sum it up. I was going to ask you about her because she's been like that, you know, the we've only seen her in, like, a couple scenes, but they seem to be giving her a lot of lines. And, yeah, yeah she does have a lot of, she's very, like, I don't even know if animated's a word, but she's very extra. different. Yeah, extra's probably a good way to say it. So, uh, it seems... Alternative. Yeah. Maybe that. But yeah, so it seems like they're building her up in a way that maybe she'll be of some importance later. Otherwise, you know, oh. this could have been a thing where Madani's like, you know, it could have just been a simple conversation like, yeah, we ran through all the DNA that you gave us from the shop and nothing came up. It was just fingerprint on a mug. And she's like, oh, damn it, and leaves, you know. So it, it could have been nothing. But yeah, they've given this girl a lot of lines. So I'm interested to see what her purpose is because I feel like she's got to have some purpose do you think so, so one, i do i think she has two purposes so one thing she said stuck uh, well one purpose one thing she said stuck out to me you know how he doesn't have fingerprints he doesn't have facial she said she ran through uh you know dod fbi and all, all these different like things right she said that uh, she ran his fingerprints and his facial neither one came back then she said she could create fingerprints to match the face ah that's a good point I, I thought that was like, well, that's odd. Like, you know, she's sitting there like, because the entire scene, she's sucking up saying like, oh, I love how you're running this place. Oh, love this. Love that. You're so badass. But then she like in front of her boss, she wants to like do something that sounds like highly illegal. Right. Right. So I think she might be working with John low key. Like, remember, he has people that, you know, you don't suspect. Oh, really? So, okay. Oh, I didn't know that so, was where you were going with that. So I think, uh. You know, like maybe this is how he keeps him. You know, he's out of the system because he has a tech. You know, inside. Maybe I think it might be more beyond that because it seems like this tech is maybe pretty low level. Just the way that she's like, we've been waiting for, you know, some moment like this. Like I haven't been able to do anything. You could be right. Where I thought you were going was you were saying that maybe um, this tech is like so in love with Madani almost. You know, I'm using love loosely, but um that maybe she'll be willing to do some shadier stuff for Madani, especially if Madani starts to give in to what everybody's saying and being like, Hey, you know, maybe we do need to kill Russo. And then yeah. having this tech help her out, you know, on the side. So that would make sense to me that this could kind of be her in. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that works too, but just to play on what I said, like, look at her personality. She said she's 30 and she still lives at home with her mother. Like now look at that detective that he had like scared of him. Like, it just, I don't know, they, I feel like they fit together. Not not the same personalities, but I feel like they, uh, you know, they're both like, 
they need somebody in their life kind of personality, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. And as usual, we will have to agree to disagree. And I hope you're wrong because if you're right, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Well, I mean, I, we know what, like starting this podcast, this episode of the weekly bugle to remember to subscribe, we need to start keeping track of who's right and how many times this person's right. That's true. Maybe just for ourselves. Cause I feel like listeners probably don't care. No, I mean, I'm sure listeners don't care, but definitely for ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's move on. Um, Curtis and Frank are together. They, uh, they uh they go to Jake's apartment. At first, I thought this was Glass is Jimbo's apartment. Um, but they go to his apartment. They don't find anybody, but they did find a crack pipe, which I didn't know Jake was a uh a meth head, a crack a crackhead, uh you know, a drug addict. Yeah, did you we, know? I think we saw him doing cocaine in the bar with Billy earlier in the season. Oh, you're right. But I mean like cocaine and that's like two different things. Yeah, I, I think it was cocaine. I mean it, basically we knew he was doing drugs earlier in the season, so I forgot about that. Yeah, so we know that he's been he's been on some stuff. So yeah, and that plays in pretty importantly uh later on as well. Uh, um yeah, so well I'm glad you remember because I forgot. Um so next scene is Billy's training the crew which I thought was another weird scene because I didn't realize they were training at that time. I thought they were actually doing the thing. So when Billy hits that first person or pretends to hit the first person, I was like, whoa, like that wasn't a hit at all. That's some really bad acting. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally watched that that scene three times until my girlfriend was like, you do know they're just training. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I'm really glad um, you have her. Me too. God. I really thought that I was like, I was like, I almost turned it off. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> um, but Billy tells, you know, we're doing it because we don't want to make a mistake. Um, we don't want to make mistakes. We want to know everybody's position. And then uh, one of the guys walks in. Uh, Billy tells him, you know, hey, you know, you shouldn't have walked in like this, whatever. He joins in. And then he attacks Billy, which I, I, I didn't think – you know, I don't understand why he was doing it, but Billy ended up saying, you know, oh, he's trying to keep us on our feet. Yeah. Uh, did you get that? Yeah. Yeah. I got, yeah. I didn't until Billy summarized it and said, you know, anybody could show up and try to, you know, intervene. So you need to be aware. So not this plan isn't going to go flawlessly. So, um, yeah, I like, the, I like this whole montage of them, of them training and just the overall preparedness of Billy, because we talk a lot about Frank's technical preparedness or tactical preparedness. So I like seeing yeah. Billy mirroring that a little bit. So um, yeah, and we don't get to see Billy do that too often, not anymore, um, just because you know he's been locked up in a, a sane asylum. Right. So yeah, I, I thought this whole thing was really cool. Um, and then uh, Billy also, you know, Jake is trying to leave. He's like, "Oh, it's too cold. I need to leave." Which basically, yeah. basically, Jake is starting to go through withdrawals because he hasn't had. Um, a hit in a little while, but Billy wants everyone to stay in the warehouse until the until the robbery, For which makes sense. Operational security. Yeah, so I think Billy's smart here because you don't you don't have any control over you know variables if people are leaving, coming back, you know if they're followed, if they mess something up, or they don't show up, which they assume Jake did. So makes sense, but yeah, very important. Jake is going through withdrawals, and that's why he inevitably decides to sneak out. Yeah, which I'm surprised Billy didn't wake up. I felt like Billy was going to wake up when he was sneaking out. Well, he did say he's not having nightmares. Like, this would be the second night of no nightmares. So maybe he's knocking out because he was 
avoiding sleep for the longest time. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, did you have anything else to talk about that scene? Oh, no, we can keep going. All right, because this next scene I thought was one of the most important scenes. Oh, okay. And this episode, um, Frank and Curtis are staking out the bar. Frank makes fun of Curtis's, you know, intel, saying, like, you know, you always had bad intel. Curtis makes a comment back saying, you know, it only took us three days or whatever. Uh, Curtis says, tells Frank he hates standing still. Uh, Frank said, you know, he gave it another shot, which he's talking about Beth. He was kind of saying, like, you know, I did, I did try to move on from my wife and kids. I met a wonderful woman. She was good. And then she got shot. Uh, did you, did you, uh, did, I didn't think Frank would talk to anybody about this, but like I keep saying, like Frank, he Frank holds Curtis at such a high pedestal. Like he, I don't want to say loves Curtis, but like they're, Curtis they're is his. They're brothers. Yeah, he, that's his best brothers. Yeah, that's better. That's a great way of putting it. Uh, and then you know he says he's not going to spend his life looking over his shoulder, and then uh, Curtis ends up saying he knows Jake's dealing, and they end up leaving, but. I thought that was a very important scene just because it showed Frank opening up to Curtis and talking about Beth, which I didn't think we're going to get any more Beth. So I think that kind of opened the door to like maybe Beth having another appearance in this season. Yeah, I I would agree. I think we might see Beth probably late in the season towards the end, I would assume because um, he would have to go back to Michigan to see her and I don't see her coming all the way to New York to see him. So but yeah, I, so, I think that is a good point. You didn't you didn't think that seemed like important until then, to just now? Pretty much. Like I knew oh. they were talking, I didn't really write anything down other than just, you know, in case you brought it up. Yeah. So, I mean that's usually how it goes, is you find one scene very important and I'm kinda like, eh. But then vice versa. So Yeah. Alright. So uh like you like you mentioned, next scene is Jake sweating and he kinda sneaks out. Uh so another important scene, which I think you you'll probably find this scene super important, when Manani meets with Miriam from the CIA. Yes, sir. I knew you. So I knew you'd like love this scene. So go ahead and take it away. <laughs> so um, you know, as we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, Marion is Madani's like go-to person for advice that that we've learned basically from this scene. So yeah, Madani meets up with Marion. Uh, looks like over by the water, or I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but it gave me kind of vibes of Daredevil season one. You remember when uh, uh, what's his what's his name? The uh, the reporter that worked for Ellison. I can't remember, but uh, remember when he was meeting with his informant? Ben Ben Yurik. Yeah, Ben Yurik. When Ben Yurik was meeting with his informant over by the docks, and they were kind of discuss things secretly. I don't know. It kind of gave me this scene gave me vibes to that a little bit. Not super important, but I just like to call out those sort of things. But um, basically what they're talking about is they I think Madani's bringing Marion up to speed on the whole, you know, Billy Russo thing and bringing Frank to New York and basically everything that's been going on. And Marion uh, mentions that she had, you know, thought about killing Billy also, you know, sending someone in to smother him with a pillow and just kind of being done with it. So, but I, this is important because the whole scene is basically Madani asked Marion here to ask her for advice. Like what's, what's going on? Like should Billy die essentially? And when Marion's advice is to kill Russo or let Castle kill Russo, Madani, you know, gets all high and mighty about it, which, um, 
so I was really appreciative when Marion kind of shuts her down. I was like, well, like you asked me here, like, what's the point? So I think this speaks to Madani hoping to find somebody that like mirrors the whole justice that, yeah, you should take Billy in alive, you know, put him behind bars, let it do its thing. She should really seek out Daredevil. Daredevil would tell her that. No, she should seek out Mahoney. She should seek out Mahoney. That's true, which, I mean, we may get to later. But, yeah, I think continuously we've seen Madani having this argument and everybody else around her is saying, yeah, I think Billy should be killed or we should have killed Billy before or something like that. And she's the only one. So I think that's starting to take a toll on her. And that's why I think this scene is important. Um, the one thing you, – you hit the scene perfectly – the one thing I thought was important was that she said she was just trying to find some kind of normal, and she hasn't been able to. That's true, too. That's a good point as well. And I don't think she will um, get that maybe until she kills – until Billy dies, or else she's always going to be looking it, over our, her shoulder. Or goes into another coma. Yeah, well, that too. Maybe, because she could um, visit him every day, so even when he was oh, in the coma. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, thinking about it, she probably will never get her her relief anymore probably not her normal i think billy would have to die for her to relax yeah you're more than likely um so curtis walks up on jake um when jake was about to get his you know his uh drugs his fix from the dealer yeah and uh jake curtis said something he turns around and frank punches him next thing you know jake is tied up uh he says he won't say anything um, did you notice Madani right away in that scene? Yeah, it threw me off. I was like, whoa, Madani's there too, I guess. Yeah, well, I didn't notice her until she like pulled her badge out. Oh, okay, yeah, I noticed her. And I was like, whoa, she popped up like a ghost. Yeah, I mean, she did that, I think, just in the scene in general. Because, yeah, she was just talking on the, you know, to Marion, and now all of a sudden she's here with Jake. I don't think it's a plot hole or anything, but it just... Yeah, no, no, I don't either. I just... I just think it was me, my lack of observancy skills. It, it is interesting that she's there in general, though, because you would think she would maybe want to stay out of it, especially with her being so conflicted. I think that's, you know, I think that's the complete opposite because they, you know, they sat in that room together saying, like, they need to finish it. So I think they're going to finish it to the end together. Yeah. I guess I'm surprised that Frank and Curtis called her to, like, come there for the interrogation. I can agree with that yeah. part. Okay. Um, so, speaking of the interrogation, um, Frank's trying to intimidate him. You know, tells him that he gave Billy the scars. Uh, uh, Frank hit him. Curtis told Jake to be smart. So, like, I felt like right away they're playing like a good cop, good cop, bad cop. Uh, did you think that? I, th- I thought that too, but it maybe more on accident. Okay. All right. Um, so. Uh, Curtis says, uh, I mean, excuse me, Jake said, you know, uh, he, uh, he doesn't know who he is. Madani is there. And that's, see, that's what I knew Madani was there. I was like, man, I didn't even know Madani was there. Uh, Madani's there. She said he's harboring a fugitive. She said, uh, she was like, so, uh, Jake ended up saying like, oh, you know, you're going to allow them to do this to me or whatever. And she said like, I was never here. Like, I'm not here right now. Uh, um, so then Frank starts threatening him with a knife. The guy's like, you know, Jake keeps saying, like, let me out. Like, I'll, you know, I'll see what I can do to you or whatever. Um, I thought it was pretty ballsy. Frank unties him and then gives him a big-ass knife. Yeah, I thought that was pretty badass. 
um, it was badass. But did you think like I, we obviously knew Frank was gonna like win the fight? But did you think he was gonna at least get like a lick in on Frank? Um, yeah, not really. I kind of figured Frank would would win. I wasn't expecting him to give him the knife. I expected it to be like a hand to hand thing. But yeah, I thought it was it was pretty cool just showing. I knew. I knew Frank was going to win, but I thought Frank would at least like, you know, like I thought Jake would at least get like a, a, like a cut or like a punch in or something. But Frank ends up like just knocking him down and then stabbing his hand. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was, I thought it was effective for what it was. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, so then like he was like uh, threatening them, puts his like, I think it puts his hand, uh, he stabs his hand. And then Madonna has a moment. She says stop, but not like very loud. Um, and then Frank kind of starts shaking the knife to like making it, the wound worse. And then she yells stop. Frank stops. Then they uh, she wants to talk to him outside. And then right there, Jake starts crawling, crying. And I was just thinking, man, this guy's the biggest punk. He was just talking all that. And now he's sitting there crying. I mean, he was being tortured. I think Jake probably should have, you know, just told them and just been done with it. Because it... See, I, I think, you know, with the military background, he probably did some, you know, infiltrate kind of stuff. He looks at himself as a badass. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we don't know what the Punisher – we know he, he killed 50 people and he was a Marine, but we don't know that he did, like, special ops work and he was considered a hitman over there. So – or, like, you know, the American Taliban, excuse me. So I think people just kind of overlook him. And he doesn't look like – like, he doesn't look that, like – grimacing yeah that i guess you're just saying i think jake doesn't really warm up to the idea of giving away the information until i I think a good part of it is because of curtis and what curtis says you know like hey you know we were brothers with billy and then he killed frank's family he shot me you know all of this stuff so i think that made a i would assume that made a little bit more sense to jake especially with curtis sitting there you know like bandaging his hand up and everything so yeah, like once again playing that good cop bad cop yeah. role. Yeah, and Jake knows who Frank Castle is. He knows he's the Punisher. So once Frank started putting the like knife up to his throat and everything, I think he knew he meant business, and he couldn't take Frank out hand to hand. I think all those factored into yeah. it. So I'm glad Jake eventually just gave up where Billy is. You and me both. So Frank Madani walk outside. She tells Frank he's out of control. He said he doesn't. Um, she she doesn't have a stomach. She can peace out. Uh, and then she up saying like how they aren't better and stuff. That's when uh, Curtis is tending to Jake. He t- pulls the knife out. You know he tells Jake how you know Billy, him, and uh, Frank are our family. And then he tells him uh, Billy killed Frank's family. He said, um, you know, we think. Uh, uh, he said you think Frank is worse than Billy. Basically, like, uh, Frank is, like, you know, you think Billy's, like, tough and bad, like, how badass Billy is, but Frank's, you know, tougher oh, yeah. and even more badass. Um, and then Jake asked a smart question, like, you know, what are you doing here? He's like, you know, like, why are you here? He kind of said, like, I'm in the, in the middle between them or whatever. Right. Um, so then um, he ends up telling, like you said, they kind of run out to go to the car, and then Mahoney, like, you know, conflict of judgment or conflict of interest. Yeah, Madani. Who did I say? Excuse me. Yeah, Madani. Um, She said she wanted to call Mahoney because of what it entailed of robbing the place because he, Jake lets it all out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting that Madani is now willing to go to Mahoney and kind of side with him a little bit. 
We don't know if she actually called Mahoney. I can assume that maybe she did. Uh, are you willing to jump to that conclusion? I agree too. We don't. I'm just agreeing. We don't know what she did. Do you think did. she called Mahoney? I want to think she did. I want to hope she did, but I'm not. I'm not 100 percent certain just because of uh, we end up not seeing Mahoney like in the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, not the rest of the season. The rest of the episode. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean this this episode ended abruptly, but. So we, we don't really know, but I'm, yeah, I don't know. I would assume that maybe she called him. I mean, Frank is pretty pissed off. He doesn't care if she calls Mahoney or not. He's going to go finish this, but it feels very rushed after she says that, which makes me think maybe she will call yeah. Mahoney because they're kind of go- going off of, they're on a time crunch now before the cops show up. I agree. Um, so there's, uh, excuse me. So, the, um, they're back at. Um, did you want to move into the next scene? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Just them chasing after Billy and barely yeah. missing him. So one, one thing that caught my attention. I don't know if it caught your attention. Um, for our audience, I'm allergic to latex. It's a funny joke. Um, but uh, the same thing happened. And they're like, you know, why do you have a uh like a silicone face mask? Not like everybody else. He's like, well, I'm allergic to latex. Yeah, I uh, thought you would appreciate and I thought that. that I thought that joke was hilarious. I paused it and like died. So I just wanted to, uh, I just thought that was funny. I just wanted to share that. Anyway, uh, Frank and um, Curtis kind of run in as the last car is driving off. And next thing you know, they're um, at like a checks cashing place. And they end up, uh, that's where the robbery is going. So there's like two people, two people that work with like a Brinks truck kind of thing, walk in, you know, money. And then as they walk in, walk out, uh, like three people walk in, and then Billy and some people walk in. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that's when like the uh, the whole robbery takes place. Yeah, it's um, going well until they ahead. come across Lillian, an angry old black <laughs> yeah. lady who won't open the door. It, Lillian's pretty cool. I mean, she's thwarting Billy all she, the way. She's she straight up gangster. Hell yeah. Um, but. Um, one of the guys is scared because Billy pulls a grenade out, threatens to put it underneath and kill them all. He pushes the button and they all kind of just rob the yeah, place. I don't know why he, I mean, I know he was feeling pressure, but Lillian even said, yeah, the grenade won't fit down there. You know, I, and I'm assuming that glass of there behind is bulletproof. So it seemed like there was really yeah, no I, way for them to get in without pushing that button. The only risk was, I think there was a security guard that was sitting by the door so they could have maybe used him as a hostage. I, he was a, he was an old guy. Yeah, I mean, but they could have, like, killed him as a way to, like, hey, if you don't hit this button, I'm yeah. going to shoot this guy kind of thing. Oh, and there was, there was like, three people in there also. Oh, were there? Okay. So. Yeah, remember they walked in before they walked yeah. in. So it could be something like that. Uh, but, yeah, it seemed like Lillian had all the power in that moment, but that cashier pushed the button. Do you, do you think that he was smart to do that, or do you think that was kind of dumb? Um, I think he was safe behind the thing. I, I really trust Lillian there for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, so I don't think he was, I don't think he was dumb, but I don't think he was smart to do it either, um, because they end up taking him with them anyway after they robbed yeah. the place. Yeah, and the guy did say that like the whole place is insured and all of that. So, I mean, most yeah. stores like their protocol is that you know if you're getting robbed, just go along with it, and you know we'll figure it out afterwards and let the cops come in. Well, I don't know. You know the movie Heat? Yeah, with Al Pacino. Oh, okay. Either that movie or. Uh, um, 
the town with Ben Affleck and Leonard. Oh, right. In, in one of those movies, they say like, hey, you know, don't fight the money. We're still in the money, but all this money is insured. Right. So th- 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 it is insured and they would have gotten their money back. Right. So it makes sense. But I, I get Lillian's point that, you know, she's not putting up with that shit. Yeah, I agree also. Um, but so they end up robbing the place and they get out. And uh, while they're right before they walk out, Curtis and Frank, uh, Frank pull up and Frank's getting ready to get out. Frank's going to get out and Curtis is going to get out. And Frank's like, no, you got to sit this one out. Curtis is like, I'm not going to let you sit, let this one, you know, let you do this by yourself. And Frank, I feel like this was a low blow, but like it was a low blow because he cares about him. When he said, you know, what are you going to do if it turns out into like a gun, uh, like a running gun? Right. Right. And Curtis just kind of like got back in the car. I feel like, did you get that? Yeah. And I think Curtis felt that way too. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was smart on Frank's part because realistically he, Curtis probably needs to hang back. I think. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and everybody knows who Frank is. He's the Punisher. Like Curtis is still like, you know, nobody knows who Curtis is. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, we know Frank can handle it. Yeah. So, um, one thing, so when, uh, Frank goes out and he's wearing Jake's mask and he's like Billy or whatever. And um, they're like, Oh, now you want to show up. Right. And then he pulls off the mask and uh, Billy kind of stares at him. And then he pulls his jacket open, which we, I assume is Jake's yeah, jacket. Is. And then there's the skull right there. What did you think? Right I love that. I was like, Billy's going to fucking lose his shit now. And pretty much. Yeah. It sent him like paralyzed him with fear. See yeah. all that. He like has a panic attack, pretty much, which was, and uh, I was just go gonna ahead. say it was pretty like crazy to watch. You know, everything's going in slow motion. He's losing his mind, and yeah, and then the the whole fight starts to break out just around Billy while he's just standing there in the middle of the road, just not able yeah. to do anything. Uh, yeah, Billy's standing there. People are dying around him. Frank's killing him. Frank's wall bouncing uh, from car to car. Um, one thing I didn't know. Was they had a sniper? I didn't know that. I didn't was part know of the that plane. either. That caught me off by surprise. Luckily, that sniper is awful. Terrible. Did you see like where but the shots were landing? Like does. Frank was like towards the bottom of the car, and that dude like shot the sunroof. So yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. Like, yeah. Man, and you could have taken the puncher out like right there, but yeah, luckily he's terrible. There's one shot when Frank's driving off. Oh, yeah, shoots, shoots the uh, other mirror. guy. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he does shoot the other guy too. And uh, but um, Curtis noticed the uh, yeah, sniper, so I think that'll be important yeah. in the next episode. And then uh, so they get Billy into the car. Curtis, I mean, excuse me, Frank jumps in the car. The sniper's still missing all the shots, and then uh, it just ends. Yeah, it just ends. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty uh, pretty irritated with this, just because as you know, the way that we've set up the podcast, you know, we're watching two episodes at a time. So, you know, just finally we get like this big fight scene. We finally see the Punisher skull. We finally finally see Punisher and Jigsaw like face to face. And yeah, right as it's like started to amp up, it just ends. I mean, out of nowhere, like no warning. It just, it was, that sucked for us. I mean, normally when you're watching that, you just watch episode eight, like it's no big deal. But, um, real quick, did you remember this was like, a? They were showing like videos from the scene, and we saw this one. Do you remember that? Oh, uh, you mean the set photos? 
not set photos. I actually saw this video before it came out. Like I saw like Frank Wall bouncing and uh, shooting, and then Billy just standing. Oh, there. I, I think I saw the the set photos of that. I hadn't seen the uh, actual. Or I, I think maybe set video. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had seen that too because I, I remember that. But I pictured Billy being more like running after him. Maybe that's later. Maybe in episode eight, there's more of that. But um, yeah, I think there's another. I think another video leaked, or not leaked, but set yeah. video, and it just came out. Yeah, because that's when we learned that Jigsaw wasn't like really scarred up. So, yeah. So yeah, but yeah. Um, also, I'm really glad uh, Frank uh, killed that baby face dude, that baby face mask guy. I just want to bring that up. Yeah. I, I hated that mask just because it was so weird. It was like irking me every time I would see him. I was like, that is the weirdest shit. Like, who would choose <laughs> that mask? So thank you, Frank, for shooting that guy. Um. So what do you think is going to happen in the next uh, episode? We'll get to see the rest of this like, fight scene that. that we were <laughs> expecting to see. But um, I would say I'd say Curtis is probably going to take out that sniper. Or at least I hope so. He Curtis seems more yeah. skilled than that sniper, so I'd expect he's able to handle that. And I'm expecting for, I'm I'm hoping to see for, uh, Punisher and Jigsaw duke it out a little bit. What about you? Oh no, I definitely like you said, finish this uh, scene. Definitely want to finish it. I think it's going to be better than what we think. Um, I think they're going to have like a big media splash about like Frank oh, the Punisher's Snow, the back. Punisher's yeah. still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like can you believe it? Like man, we thought this guy died three times already. Uh, has it been three times? Uh, once in Daredevil, once at the end of season one of Punisher. Maybe there was another time in Daredevil. Yeah. Well, uh, well yeah, they, when his know, family we... died, I think they, everyone expected Frank oh, to be yeah. dead too. Yeah. So like he's, you know, how many lives this, this guy's Pretty like a much. cat. So I think it's going to be like publicity That's now. That's true. And, uh. I do like the idea that he is wearing the skull. It's you know episode seven, but like you know we didn't see him wearing the skull till you know the final episode of last season, and then it was like the final two episodes of uh, Daredevil. So I like that he's wearing the skull like earlier mm-hmm. now. Um, but other than that, like I'm just super stoked to see like how this you know action season se- sequence like take place, and. Maybe with this publicity, Pilgrim sees that uh, Frank's trying to kill Russo, and that's why he contacts Russo also. That's a good point, too. Yeah, that's true as well. I think that's a, that's a really good point. That's probably exactly what we're going to see. So I think we saw something in the trailer about like Pilgrim and Russo interacting. So Yeah, yeah, they were talking. So yeah, that would make sense if that brings it to light. I mean, this will make things easier for Pilgrim, just kind of tracking them down and learning a little bit more about Frank and Billy Russo. So... Yeah, I mean, do you think the cops are going to intervene? I don't think Billy's going to die in the I, next episode. No, I I don't either. I think the cops are going to attempt to intervene. I don't think it's going to you know work out. Yeah, I think either. Frank and uh, Billy will both escape. Billy. Yeah, um, yeah. I, that, I also. Think do you so think agree. Jake's still agree. alive? Do you think they left him alive? Yeah, yeah. Jake's still alive. I don't think they had a reason to kill Jake after he gave the okay. information. Especially with Frank, you know, letting yeah, people that's off the true. Hook Especially now. with Madani there. Yeah. Man. Um. So I think uh, that's all I have for it, this. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? No. I just no, wanted no. to um. Nothing. If that's kind of the the wrap up for 
for this, I just wanted to talk about what we're doing for the next uh, couple episodes of the podcast referring to Punisher. So um, obviously we've been doing it two episodes at a time. Uh, I think me and Tyler both feel that maybe we're sort of lagging behind and with Captain Marvel and more Endgame stuff kind of gearing up, we wanted to maybe be a little bit more free to do that. So I'm assuming a lot of people have already finished The Punisher, so we're trying to speed things up. Most likely what we'll do is we'll talk about episodes uh, 8, 9, and 10 in the next podcast episode and then finish up with 11, 12, and 13. But um, it'll be a little bit different as well because we won't go scene by scene. I think we're going to go with more of a, you know, yeah, yeah, like main points, uh, things that are very notable. So we'll bring those up and we'll maybe have more of a more of a discussion than like a scene by scene analysis. So we're going to try that out. So you can expect that from us. And um, that's basically what we're thinking right now. So don't be surprised if you see uh, a few changes coming in the next couple episodes. Completely agree. Um, uh, So, you know, tell us what do you think about the new format? If you like that or tell us, you know, how you think, you know, how you think it should be, or, you know, just give us, Give us feedback. We're always willing to listen to feedback. Yeah, definitely. We're always trying to improve, and uh, we, we want everyone to be entertained. So absolutely, if there's if there's something you feel is really important and on your mind, uh, definitely let us know. But yeah, other than that, I think that's all I got, Tyler. Yeah, that's all I got, too. Uh, stay tuned for next episode, podcast listeners. Uh, anything, anything else? See you later, guys and gals. Peace out.